Hello everyone and welcome back to the Scouting God Podcast. In this podcast, we are going to try to read all of the merit badge books that Scouting has to offer. In this podcast, we are going to be reading American Labor Merit Badge. This is part 2, and if you're following along, we are on page 34. Now, let's begin. The labor force serves two distinct parts of the nation's economy, the private sector and the public sector. The private sector refers to the aspects of the economy that are under the control of individuals and privately owned businesses. The public sector is under the control of the federal, state, or local governments. Another way to analyze the workforce is the terms of unorganized versus organized labor. In unorganized labor situations, the individual employee addresses problems one-on-one with his or her supervisor. In the managerial chain of command, in organized labor, a recognized group of workers deal with management as a collective body with one voice. Organized workers believe that all employees would benefit from belonging to a labor group. In fact, one of the main goals of unions is to organize the unorganized. Labor unions. A labor union is an association of workers in a specific craft or industry with the main purpose of re- representing those workers in negotiations or collective bargaining about wages, hours, and working conditions with the employer. Unions take different forms. Craft unions are horizontal. Members are skilled workers who perform one trade only, such as bricklayers, plumbers, screen actors, or airplane pilots. Industrial workers are vertical. Members are skilled and unskilled workers in all trades with a single industry, such as the automobile, textile, or rubber industry. Independent unions are craft or individual unions that are that are not affiliated with the AFL-CIO, such as those that represent Major League Baseball players and certain groups of teachers. Uni- unionization. If employees in a certain company decide that they want union representation, they sign a petition, which is then sent to the National Labor Relations Board in Washington, D.C., If the board certifies that there is enough interest to form a union, it authorizes a secret ballot election to take place in the workplace after a 60-day waiting period. Many workers think that the waiting period is unfair because it gives employers a chance to engage in annotation activities that undercut the organization efforts and elections. Today, labor unions are promoting legalization that would require the NLRB to certify the formation of a union without a waiting period and election. When the majority of employers have signed authorization cards a petition to form a union. Union membership. As the nature of the U.S. economy has changed, union members has changed too. More people belong to unions as a percent of the labor forces when industry powers the economy. In the past 50 years, however, Union members have dropped steadily as the economy has shifted from manufacturing to service industries. Many older members of traditional unions, such as the United Automobile Workers and the United Mine Workers of the America, have retired or lost their jobs to downsizing, laying off of workers and reducing the workforce to cut costs. The following are some of the reasons union membership has increased or decreased at various times in history. 1. Economic cycles of prosperity or depression. 2. High employment or unemployment rates.
3. Government intervention, such as injunctions. 3. 4. Pro-labor or anti-labor legalizations. 5. Employers' hostility towards unions. 6. Strikes, victories, or failures. 7. Cases of corruption and racketeering, which tainted the union image. 8. Successful outcomes in collective bargaining sessions. 9. Public per- perception that unions are special interest groups. In the 21st century, unions are trying to find ways to adopt the changes in the economy, political environment, workforce, and labor management relationship, and to revitalize the labor movement. Union Goals and Achievements Historically, members of the organization labor movement have tried to secure four basic rights. 1. To earn a living wage. 2. To work in a safe and decent conditions. 3. To join an organization of their own choosing. 4. To bargain collectively. After 200 years of battling, bargaining, and striking, unions have achieved their principal goals and more. In 1913, the establishment of the Department of Labor and the Cabinet-level Department gave, gave the workforce a voice for the government. Union activity led to legalization that set a national minimum wage, a 40-hour work week, and an annual cost of living increases, and required safety devices and regulations in the workplace. Aggressive collective bargaining resulted in medical insurance plans, pensions, and extra pay for training, vacations, and overtime. The union's successes may also contribute to their problems. Many companies have tried to avoid paying the union workers high wages and expensive benefits by using non-union employees or offshore workers. In some cases, these practices have resulted in the reduction or elimination of jobs. Central Labor Councils a central labor council is a city or country f- federalization of local unions that are affiliated with various mental, national or international unions. For example, local unions of sheet metal workers, electricians, plumbers, and pipe fitters, operating engineers, communion workers, and office professional employees may all belong to central labor council. The AFL-CIO has chantered almost 600 central labor countries nationwide. The principal mission of the Central Labor Council is to mobilize local organization efforts and political action and to show solidarity for bargaining demands of specific unions. In addition, the Central Labor Council also coordinates community efforts with local unions to provide training, information, and referral services for workers dealing with financial and personal crises. Employee Organizations The National Labor Relations Board defines a labor organization as any organization in which employees and participate which exists for the purpose of dealing with employers concerning grievances, labor disputes, wages, rates of pay, hours of employment, or conditions of work. Labor unions existed before the NLRB was established, so their earlier unions helped shape the definition of a labor organization. In recent decades, many companies have established or 
establish employee participation committees. Sometimes these groups are called by other names, such as quality circles and employee involvement teams. These committees meet regularly to management to discuss employees' complaints, productivity, company policies, and other workplace issues. Supporters of these groups suggest that two-way communications boosts employees' morale and encourages the cooperation of result resolution of workplaces problems. Unions do not favor employee participation committees because they reduce the need for labor organizations. Several unions have challenged these groups by filing unfair labor practices charges with the NLRB, claiming that the employee participation committees are actually illegal companies' unions in certain cases where the NLRB believed that companies were dealing with employees about wages, grievances, and work conditions. The board ruled that the employee, employee participation committees were illegal. In other cases, the broad decision that the employee groups were committing about issues and ruled that they were illegal. Unions already in place probably will continue to challenge the legality of those groups. However, some labor, labor, labor leaders think unions should look at employee participation committees as opportunities to organize from within the company. Conflicting views in the workplace. Post-World War II, prosperity launched the middle class. Millions of Americans earned higher than ever wages, received employee benefit packages, including health insurance and pension plans, and bought their first houses and filled them with new appliances and furniture. All that shopping boosted the economy. Workers trusted their employees to end their government. People who had survived the Great Depression and a word more promised to work at their jobs for the next 40 years in exchange for security and a gold watch. The next generation, the baby boomers, were born in the years following World War II, expected to have a higher standard of living than their parents, but the economy has ever since slowed down companies and had laid off employees or cut their benefits, and workers have realized that their retirement is at risk. The children of the baby boomers do not have any same optimism about the employment opportunities as their parents and grandparents did. For the first time in history of the American labor movement, young workers do not assume that they will have a higher standard of living than their parents. Every group that has a state in the economy has different responsibilities and expectations. Often they conflict with each other, understanding what others want. It is easier to make and appreciate difficult decisions. What workers want. Most workers, whether or not they belong to a union, share the same concerns and expect the same rights. Employees want a voice in the workplace. Many, even non-unions, wish to speak up with the collective voice about board issues such as job security, wages, hours, fringe benefits, workplace conditions, and safety, and a system for resolving problems. When issues relate to personal concerns, such as performance, appraisals, and salaries, training, sexual harassment, discrimination, and unfair treatment, many prefer to speak as individuals. Employees extract a fair hearing. They want management to listen to the workers with an open mind and to consider that their claims are valid. They also want to strike talk. 
If the company is for sale, employers expect management to share information about terms and conditions so the workers can make appropriate plans about their own employment. If the company plans to outsource jobs, employees want to know if the employer plans to transfer or lay them off. Workers want assurances so that they will not be placed by managery and technologies or be replaced by guest workers. Workers try to stake a balance between keeping their jobs and protecting fringe benefits. These benefits may include sensory, priority status based on length of time and the employee has worked for the company, unemployment and disability insurance, health care, child care and elder care, profit sharing and employee stock option plans, retirement plans, pensions, 401ks, workers' compensation, accidental energy, death, or disembarkment insurance. American workers want democracy in the workplace. However, today's corporate executive might earn many times more than the workers in the same company. Top management often receive bonuses even as workers are laid off. Companies announce record profits after cutting jobs or negotiating employee wage reductions. That workers really want is manual trust and respect, job security, and a fair share of the profits. And thanks for listening to part two of the American Labor Merit Badge Reading.